Yeah, still trying to figure out how this intro goes. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it one day. Hey, everybody. Day we're, 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 we're still always talking over each other. Michael and the bear. I'm JJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Michael. Or Yes, hello. I'm here with Michael, and I'm his co-host, JJ. This is our podcast on... One of the two. <laughs> our podcast on, on cryptocurrency and deeper issues. Yes. As Bitcoin dives deeper into the the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> to to more into the JJ realm of the bear. Yeah, um, it's, it's really touching down. So uh, this week, we thought we would touch on Paul Krugman admitting that Bitcoin has more utility than gold. Which uh, it got me thinking about, because you know, JJ and I are both artists, and... One of the things that artists struggle with the most, especially conceptual artists, is we make a thing, we spend you know, hours, days, months, years on a project, we craft it, it's like a it's like a child to us, it's like a baby because we conceive it, we build it, we you know, we put it out into the world to say something specific, only to have everybody who looks at it think it means something entirely different. And so a, a really great example of this is the artist who created the bull down on Wall Street. So he meant that bull to be the the power of American commerce and and just the excitement of you can do anything, you can be anything and, and America's strong and 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 then some corporation had an idea to build a girl a statue of a girl putting yeah. putting her hand up in front of the bull as if to say the bull that the bull is this masculine figure and the girl represents uh the you me know, too a, movement or something or something like that i mean it is a it's a it's a it's a female image uh it's a female image of a girl that you know historically has been a a meek image, and now now it's giving her strength, which yeah. out of context sounds sounds like a great adaptation to a you know a terrorizing monster, which Absolutely. the bull actually looks looks like. But it's 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 as if the the artist the artist or the corporation that created that that statue of the girl just didn't understand what the bull represented in the first place. Had no idea. Completely took the original artist's concept out of context, didn't ask him, didn't even assume that they could be wrong and completely destroyed this this guy's artwork that he had spent how much, you know, however many times conceiving and building and putting up there. Yeah, and had and been there for years. And it, but at the end of the day, he has no control over also time. So people's opinions change over time. So when a bull could mean one thing a hundred years ago, it can mean it can mean something entirely different now. So that's the thing that artists struggle with. And what I wanted to talk about with, with Paul Krugman is a perfect example of we may not think of coders as artists, but they absolutely are because they they conceive an idea 
And instead of building it with their hands out of wood or clay or steel or ice or what, you know, whatever an artist uses or paint, they're using their fingertips in writing code and designing something for everybody to use and to consume or to appreciate as artwork. And the original Bitcoinists, you know, Bitcoin maximalists, whatever, they have been fighting tooth and nail to say, no, Bitcoin is a currency. Bitcoin is a currency. Even though the rest of the world has slowly moved on and said, no, it's really a store of value. It's like gold. It's not usable. It's not really, it's not easy to use on a day-to-day basis, on a point-of-sale basis. Yeah, so so the, the reason that we bring this up is is because the original white paper, the original document for the abstract document for for Bitcoin was its use is a peer to peer cash. That's that's exactly what it says front page. So if that was its purpose, now people are coming out and saying, "Oh no, it's not peer to peer cash. It's not a currency. It's it's a store of value. It's more like gold, something that you put your value into, so it so you save your value or you, your value grows over time." But that's not what the original vision was for, and this is one of the arguments that you know the Bcash team, the the Bitcoin Cash team makes, is that oh, the original vision was was a currency. It was uh, it wasn't a store of value. But now it's yeah. obvious through the limitations of Bitcoin. It's slow. It's expensive to use. It's kind of like gold in that way, and it and it takes on a new meaning. So, so so yeah, I think that we can think of of coders as artists. Especially when we're dealing with this decentralized world, or whenever, whenever uh, programmers create something that they don't have control over anymore after they're done with it. So, so that that's particularly applicable when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Some, some something that Ed is. Oh, talk, Michael. Something happened. Okay, yeah. I can hear you fine. Um, but it, it's an interesting thing to think about is at what point do we just allow Bitcoin to be what it is organically becoming, what the world is organically accepting it as? And uh, and at a certain point, I think the Bitcoin core team, and I'm saying Bitcoin core team because that's as Ivan on tech has, uh, has uh, told us, that's the name of the, the coding team, is the Bitcoin Core team. So I will say it for that, but I'll never call Bitcoin Bitcoin Core. Um, <laughs> so the Bitcoin Core team, at what point do they just allow themselves to accept what it's organically become, which is a store of value, and stop trying to change it and evolve it and just continue to make it better at what it, at what it wants to be? Because So as a writer... One of the hardest things I had to learn how to do was allow the character to evolve into what they wanted to be. And it, it seems so like off the wall batshit crazy because I'm the one writing it. So it's like it's what I want it to be. But at a certain point when you let go and you allow a character on the page to evolve as you're writing and just kind of let the character because it's, it's all this like, it's this kind of subconscious thing that you're not even really aware of. So when you try to force it, it just never really seems to work. And when you allow it just to organically evolve, it becomes something great. And Bitcoin as a store of value has kind of become something great, but it's not good at what it was supposed to be originally. Yeah, this is something that I think all artists, all artists that show their art to the rest of the world have to deal with. I know that like in my experience as a music composer, it's 
it's crazy because I'll, I'll write a piece of music that I love and then an ad agency will come along and, they, and they'll say, hey, we really like that song. We want to use it in this Samsung commercial, you know, and the song was not written to be a Samsung commercial or actually yeah. this here's a really good. Here's a really good example. So my old band, the Neishi, we 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 often wrote songs that were uh, they were critical of, of of religion and the Bible. And so we would write songs often with like with verses in, in them. And, yeah. and, and one, and one of the songs that we wrote, I don't know exactly how it happened. Well, actually it makes sense. So we got, we got confused and people started to think that we were a Christian rock band. And, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and it was like one of these things where at first we were like, no, 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 we're not, we're not Christian rock. And then people started to come to the shows and they started singing along with the songs and we just kind of had to go with it because at that point, who were we to say that's not what the song's about? I mean, people were enjoying it. They were getting a meaning out of it. So in that yeah. in that case, we kind of had to let things go, and and uh, you know that's uh, I think it's I think it's fascinating. Now, when do you when as a c- computer programmer do you not have to deal with that? I guess if you create a product and you always have control of the product in that brand and you can change it. Now with cryptocurrency, that doesn't you don't get to do that. That's impossible. I I, dis- I disagree. You don't. I mean, you're at the if you if you have a product and you want to be able to support yourself through that oh, well, product. That's totally true. Yeah. That's I, the free market. If the free market says they want this and you refuse to give it to them, those companies just shut down. They don't, you know, they just don't keep up with, yeah. the, with the rest of the of the market. Yeah. You know, my, uh, man, it's so interesting that we would bring this up to this week because my, my wife works for a company that does, they, they do cruelty-free beauty products. And, uh, and they have a demographic that likes their products. And the, the founders and the owners of the company are saying, no, that's not what we want our target market to be. We want our target market to be young women, not, not older women. We want it to be younger women, but the older women yeah. love the product. And they're not yeah. accepting that. And it's hurting their company. So, yeah. so that's a that's a good point. I mean, like, you think that these, you think that the world, you know, th- you think that these products or these services that are created by somebody, whether it's a computer program or a restaurant or whatever, you think that you would have control over that and what people interpret it as. But I don't know. You could argue that nobody really has control of those things. I mean, and you don't. Le- and, I mean, and, it's, it's, you can, it's chemistry. You can you have control. You don't have control over chemistry. You don't have control, and I mean, you can have control, but then you don't have the benefits of whatever you did in that case. So exactly, you know, like we could. Like, here's we, the thing: we, you don't get to. We we could keep we could keep uh, playing shows to these Christian kids, or we could say <laughs> no, that's not what the song's about. Everybody, go home. We'll give you your money back for coming to the show. Like we had, those were our two options. <laughs> or you could ha- hang a big sign out front that says "Christians not allowed." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see but, how well that goes over. <laughs> I think we probably even tried doing that at some point. But, <laughs> mm. I mean, here's the thing: ultimately, you don't get to decide what other people like. And and I have a friend whose daughter is getting into um, musical theater and. Good Lord, I hope she doesn't do it because it's such an awful business. But <laughs> she had a show and and I thought, you know, there, there was only one piece of advice I wanted to pass along. So I did. And I just said, and I learned it from my mom when I was in college. She came to a show and she and 
I said, oh, you know, and the show was good. It wasn't as good as the night before when we just, you know, we felt electric. And you just, you know, when you have those really good shows. And, and it's not just as an artist. You know when you're having a really good day at work and you're just nailing everything. You're on point. And, and then the days that you're not and, you don't, and you're just not feeling it. And I said, oh, you know, did you have fun? She goes, oh, my God, I loved it. And I just turned to her and said, oh, I wish you could have been here yesterday. It was so much better. And she said, don't ever take away hmm. my good experience. It's insulting. Don't tell me what's good and what's not good. That's insulting. So pretty much when I said it was good and you said it wasn't as good as yesterday, you pretty much said, I don't know what I'm talking about. Or, or it, and, I think yeah. that's, and I think that's the difficult thing as an artist is we want people to always be happy. But at the same time is we have to respect that even when, when you're good, a bad day is still 98%. A good day is a hundred percent, and those almost never happen. The average day is ninety nine percent when you're when you know when you're a master of your craft or whatever. Um, and so this idea of just like allowing people to accept and experience something, and not trying to constantly control what they want or like how they feel about something. And I think, and that's what we say about organic growth, and and what JJ's wife's company is experiencing is as opposed to just letting it organically grow and serving the customers who actually want the product they're trying to force it on people who don't want it and take it away from people who do want it and that's just bad business all because you want to create a brand for yourself for your own conceit for your own ego and i think that's what the bitcoin core team is is struggling with is their own ego of like no, no 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 this is what we believe it to be when the rest of the world is saying but it's not that yeah, I, I just got stuck thinking because when you were talking about uh, putting on a show and having people like say that they love the show, I was thinking, yeah, but as artists, we assume that people are, are lying when they say that they like something of ours yeah. just because it's our thing, you know. But no, really, like if, if you were to say if somebody were to say like, hey, I really liked it. And you said, oh, yeah, I wish you would have seen it the other day. So it was because it was so much better. That's not that's not uh, I mean, that's not just saying you're you're wrong. It's like saying, well, you missed out or something like that. It's like saying like, well, you had a great experience, but it wasn't as good as what everybody else saw. So, yeah. Yeah. So you thought you had a good experience. You're wrong. You didn't have a good experience. Yeah. Like that's how it comes across to the person who, who gave you the compliment. So, and then, and then I don't know. One of the things I love about, about Bitcoin is that there's not really, I mean, sure there are, there's the Bitcoin core team, but I don't even know, how much they really own what Bitcoin is anyway. I mean, of course they don't, but I mean, in terms of what, what, I mean, there are probably original creators of Bitcoin or the people who, who fought to get it started, that fought to keep it going. Um, I'm blanking on some of their names. I'm trying to think of like, uh, um, uh, uh, Oh my God, Andreas? Andreas! No, I'm not thinking of Andreas. Andreas came a little bit la- later, but I'm trying to think yeah. of like some of the original guys who were in those those Reddit Reddit groups with uh, Satoshi. But a- anyway, like maybe some uh, the, of the Bcash guy who claims to be Satoshi, uh, Craig Wright. I yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't even know how early he was around, but like um, yeah, I'm blanking on the on their names right now. Um, anyway, but the but do those guys really feel like I mean, they must feel strongly, passionately about what Bitcoin has become. Um, and that's why, yeah, Jian Wu and, and all those guys are actually doing all this stuff to kind of twist uh, Bitcoin Cash around. 
because that they think that's what it's meant to be, but there is no demand for that. So, you know, going back yeah. to the going back to the analogy of having a business and like kind of shooting your business shooting your business in the foot. Oh wait, that's yeah, that's uh that's two mixed metaphors on top of each other yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> anyway, you're ruining your business. It's like you, if you want Bitcoin to exist, then you gotta it's gotta it's gotta exist in the way that there is demand for it. And right now, yeah. the demand is is as a store of value. And now maybe eventually in the future, we'll get a version of it that works as a currency. And that's been in development for a long time. But nobody nobody has expected nobody who was around in 2008, 2009, expected Bitcoin to be worth as much as it is now. Nobody expected it to grow as quickly as it did. And therefore, those those that are fighting for it to mean something, that it, it, it means something different than the, than the form that it's taking now, are kind of, I mean, here's another metaphor, but they're fighting an uphill battle. They're swimming upstream. What is, what are they doing? <laughs> they're, uh, they're going against yeah, the they're flow. They're, I mean, they're, they're, this is, and this is such a classic example of where they don't need to do anything. I mean, their vision became something and it's, and it's, and it's successful now it's actually working. Yeah. I mean, it's at least working to a degree. And that's, I mean, the fact that it's worth $6,000, uh, for for one Bitcoin, when in two thousand eight it was worth less than a cent, I mean that's that's just that's something. So yeah. So right now everything that people are doing is fighting for mass adoption, and so uh, and I think one of the arguments is for 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 Bitcoin to become ma- to become widely adopted is for it to actually take on the role of a currency, and that's really hard to do. I mean, we we see we we. I mean, there are so many altcoins that actually they have that they they serve that function better than Bitcoin, and yeah. uh, and who knows when when that's actually going to happen, but for right now, it's not. Yeah, it's just not there. I mean, and it's not necessarily even the Bitcoin core team. I think I I lump in the Lightning uh, group into this Lightning network network group, and it's this idea of like beating a dead horse type thing where they keep on trying to figure out a way to make Bitcoin relevant as a currency versus a store of value. And in my mind, it's just like, I, at what point do you just move on? But at the same time, is the the technology that could come from Lightning Network could work on other cryptos or could work on whatever currency becomes the dominant worldwide currency if if they need it but my my thing my my issue is like okay so you have lightning network that kind of works barely for a few people i I mean it works it's just it's a network that is growing and it's going to take time for that to happen so it doesn't work unless you're connected to the network Right. Yeah. Just like IOTA didn't, works, yeah. IOTA didn't work for the longest time because you couldn't connect any of the nodes and it just never worked. And so when I was trying to send it from my wallet back to the exchange to sell it, it took me a week and a half because just I had to keep reconnecting and reconnecting. So it's like that doesn't work. That's not a workable product versus Nano, which works every single time within three seconds, two seconds, you get it. So in my mind, if you have something that actually works, and you're sitting there beating this dead horse to try to figure out this other thing to make this thing work, as opposed to just letting Bitcoin be its thing and then supporting currencies or cryptos that actually really work 
and 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 speak to the actual vision of Satoshi, why wouldn't you fight for that and try to make that? See, it goes back to my issue of mm-hmm. of let's not try to get shops to accept Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or Nano. Let's get shops to accept cryptocurrency. Let's not pick the winner. Let's let the market pick the winner organically because that's how that's how you allow things to grow faster is just by not trying to control it and just let it kind of flourish on its own. Not try to control things. Let them grow naturally. That's that's a good one. Uh, that, that doesn't seem to work, at least not in the, the U.S. Um, so, okay. I think w- uh, what I'm what I'm noticing is the, as a problem here is that when it comes to money, like it turns into a religion for people. It turns into what they believe, and and I think we're still in this early kind of immature fervor over cryptocurrency, where people really can't believe that 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 their Bitcoin or their U.S. dollar or whatever it is is not working out for them. I mean, I I don't think people in America would lose faith in the US dollar until it didn't buy them food. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's easy for us to say, oh, the US dollar, it's, you know, it's it's depreciating. Or, you know, if we're gonna have a trade war with China, then our dollar is gonna go down the drain. It's easy for us to say that, but I mean like we still have faith that five dollars is gonna buy us food down, you know, at at Del Taco or whatever. Like, we don't have to actually think about how much our money is worth because we believe it already. And and I think there are some people that just believe in Bitcoin. There's some people that just believe in Tron or whatever. I, I mean, we saw that last year when, like, when people were, like, cheering for their favorite cryptocurrencies to rise to the top. Those people had nothing... They had no reason to think that Tron or Verge or Cardano was going to be the next big thing other than they owned some of it and they had been convinced that that was going to be the one that was going to win. It's and like if, the Android versus iOS fanboy oh wars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, it's you a know, phone. It's, it's Who not, cares? It's not even... I mean, at least with a phone, you use it and therefore you can have some affinity with it because it's your communication device. But when you just have money and it doesn't actually really do anything for you except go up in value and then go down in value i mean that's that's pure that's pure belief that's pure religion and yeah, i think that's not even money though that's the it's thing not, like it, it's I, just it's speculation it's well i mean it's money in that people have put their money into it and therefore it holds value for them i mean if if, yeah. if you took you know $10,000 of your own money and you bought tron with it you better believe that tron is going to be worth something in the future or else yeah. you're an idiot and you're not ready to accept that yet so yeah. So I think that is one problem. And who is more invested in Bitcoin than the original creators? I mean, they 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 lived and slept and ate Bitcoin, you know, for years, fighting for it to, to, to take to take shape, fighting for it to take a hold of of the world, and it finally did, and then the world says, Oh, that's not what it is. So it's like all of a sudden their beliefs are being challenged. Yeah. And it must be really hard. It must be really hard to accept the fact that it's turned into something different. And it's and it's definitely fucking hard to say, oh, actually, you know what? That nano thing, that actually is better than Bitcoin. That's got to be impossible yeah. for those guys yeah. to like think that like some cryptocurrency could start up and within six months have more have more utility than what they've been working on for 10 years. But I mean, that's just the nature of art. That's the nature of of 
of technology. That's the nature of life. I mean, just quick evolution. Evolution happens fast. Like, could you imagine get, you know, becoming a, 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 a buggy maker two years before the first car came out? And, and you spent hard to believe, you know, yeah. three or four years uh, working for some guy and, and working your way up and you, and, you, and you finally get there and then all of a sudden the car comes out and you have no job so, you know, a year later. And you're trying to fight for this thing that you just spent the last 10 years to learn how to do, you know, to become a craftsman. And then all of a sudden it's like your craft is completely gone. It's like, and, and, and that's, what Amer- that's what America is facing right now is the idea of technology coming and taking all our jobs. It's not immigrants. It's not, yeah, it's, was, it's just technology coming to take your job. I was about to, I was just about to say that. And I wasn't, I wasn't actually referring to, you know, you know, jobs becoming, human jobs becoming obsolete. But I was thinking like this day and age, I mean, the moral of this story is this day and age, when technology changes this quickly, like you can't assume that your job is going to be around in 10 years, five years, even one year. I mean, things change so quickly. You actually yeah. have to, and this is this is something that the entire world is going to have to realize that like, you can't just think of what you what what value you add to the world and then just leave it at that. It just doesn't work that way anymore. You have to constantly be thinking of, well, okay, what what value can I add in the future? You know, what uh, it's such a weird world that we live in because it wasn't 10, 20, 30 years ago where you could go to school and go to college and then get a job and then that job could put food on the table for the rest of your life. Uh, to, until the point when you know you have grandkids and great grandkids, now it's like, as you get older, you have to constantly be updating your yourself. You have to be constantly checking your value in the world, and I think that's just something that we're all going to have to get used to. It sounds impossible. Like even when I say it myself, I'm like, how could I possibly get any older than I am now and have to keep thinking about that? But it's kind of true. And well, I, think I mean, it's just we've been- we've trained Americans to not have to think about becoming better i think that's what it is yeah and that's the hard thing so like the rest of the so europeans africans pretty much everybody else not not everybody else but usually uh, there's a thing about about dominant cultures and it's it's you know complacency hubris and it's the fall <sighs> of rome the fall of the yeah. spanish the fall of the english the fall of the, the french like they all got complacent they all had you know we're filled with hubris and they all got taken down and we're going to be next it's just it just history shows us we're going to collapse and probably china or japan or somebody will take over and we just don't know exactly how it's we just don't know exactly what form it's going to take because right now it's looking like and you know this 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 is a little bit of the anarchist coming out in me but yeah we've been trained we've been trained for that complacency uh well we as like you know kind of middle-class Americans, we've been trained for complacency, no doubt. Like, And so that we didn't cause too much innovation. I think that there is that system in place because, you know, somebody with a lot of power didn't want innovators, didn't want doesn't people... Doesn't want innovators. Doesn't it's want people Peter changing Thiel. the world. It's Peter Thiel, zero to one. He talks about it all the time. Monopolies are the best business to try to create, but they're right. the worst things for innovation because the, 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 the way a monopoly stays in control is by stopping innovation and keeping their technology at the cutting edge right there. Like, so it never evolves from that point. And it's the idea that would happen with rotary phones. We had rotary phones for 80 years. 
And then all of a Crazy. sudden, once they broke up that monopoly, we went from rotary phones when I was a kid to smartphones now. It's yeah. mind-blowing how quickly it changed. And that's what happens when you break up monopolies and you allow innovation to actually happen. And so it's, just, it's this disconnect that a lot of conservatives have. They're like, oh, no, no, we need to let the free market flourish and not have regulation. But the thing is, though, when you don't have regulation, that's how monopolies get created and actually stop the free market from innovating. And it's just a weird disconnect, but it's money talking. Like, they have the money and they want to keep the money. The yeah. people who are in power. And it's, it's fine. Like, of course, everybody, it's a natural instinct. When you have money, you want to keep that money. You don't want to lose the money. You don't want to lose your house. It's a shitty feeling to, like, not know how you're going to yeah. eat next or, month. You know, even more than that, it's, I mean, it's people who are real innovators or the ones that have actually created the world in which it is today. Those people want to retain the... They want to retain the control. They want to have the power to be able to change it if they want to. But yeah. they don't, they oil, don't want oil companies, yeah, coal they, companies. They These people not. have been in power for hundreds of years, and it's very difficult to say, oh, you've been in power and control for hundreds of years? Too bad. You're, yeah. you're, you're out. So, That's it. Sorry. So one of the reasons for, I mean, one of the hopeful reasons for Bitcoin was to was to change a lot of this, was so that we could have an actual redistribution of wealth that wasn't dependent on somebody actually... You know, saying where that wealth is supposed to go. It was, and now that to, it's, and now that it's been redistributed, the people <laughs> who have the Bitcoin don't want it to go away because they like their wealth now, and they don't want the value to drop, and they don't want to lose control. They're just as bad as the people who they were trying to supersede, yeah, and well, that's fine. It's human nature. It's human nature, and I'm no, I don't blame them at all for for being human beings and in reacting naturally. You know, uh, based out, based out of out of a place of fear, because that's where it all comes from. It all comes just from a place of fear, and so it's like I don't blame them, I don't fault them. It's not their fault, but we have to actually change. So the so, creators, yeah. The go ahead. What were you gonna say? One last thing. No, no. Go ahead, real fast. And I got another point I want to make. Oh, I was just I was gonna start to wrap this up and say, uh, you know, the the creators of the system that we're that we're in. At what point does this system become something different than they envision? Yeah. So here's a. I'll, we'll leave, we'll so end with what, this this what, final uh, point. What? Uh, when do we actually get the satisfaction of seeing their creation through our own eyes? That's kind of, uh, I guess, what what I what I what I'm excited for. When when do we get to define what their creation is? Because I think we already have. I hope so. I think I think they're fighting against it, but I think we have a long we have a long like, way to go. But yeah, I think I think uh, uh, Wall Street's accepting it as a store of value. Paul Krugman, you know, I, I, these the the dominoes are falling. The naysayers are falling down. They're finally accepting it, and no matter how much they try to say it's it's a scam or a Ponzi scheme or not, they're realizing they're seeing. Holy shit, this has value. This can change the world and you know it don't so it was taking them years to see that and now it's taking them months to see that so i think that's um that's telling how quickly the naysayers are now turning so i think we should i think we need to find a pie chart of like in 2000 you know 10 how long did it take people who said bitcoin is a ponzi scheme it's going to die blah blah for them to come around versus now like how like when was paul krugman saying it was a scam and versus uh, when he's saying it wasn't. So I think that'd be interesting. But so final point, uh, somebody posted in, in one of the face group uh, groups we're in, 
Yeah, they're holding up a business week from, I don't remember, I can't see when because it's so small, but it says the fall of an American icon and it's the Apple logo. And, you know, so it's probably, oh, it's, oh, it's from 1996. Okay. So they're like, you know, don't believe everything you read. That's, that's kind of, that's what the guy said. And I said, well, you have to believe everything you read because it was the fall of an American icon. Apple did collapse. Their hubris got the better of them. They collapsed. They stopped innovating. They stopped changing. They stopped pinpointing their own faults and, and, and changing those faults and fixing those, those, those flaws in their company. And they almost collapsed because of it until they brought Steve Jobs back in. And my point was, with crypto, we, have to, we can't be scared to look in the mirror and say, what's wrong with crypto? Because we all have rose-colored glasses on. We, we've all you know, taken the red pill. We've all, we've all drank the Kool-Aid. We're all, you know, even JJ, who's a bear, he still loves crypto and he still thinks it's going to work. Yeah, I'm not in bearish some on small crypto, sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just so, bearish on everything. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that that you know, oh, it'll just magically fix itself and all the problems will be solved and we'll all be millionaires in, in ten years. Bullshit. It's only gonna f- it's only gonna get solved if we work hard to solve the problem. If we work hard to to figure out the flaws and fix them. Yeah, and the same thing goes for the entire world. I mean, for that matter, we got to figure out the flaws and we got to fix them, and that only happens if we we actually are the ones that stand up and take action. So yeah, all right, shall all right. We plug Good our show. plug our shit. Show yeah. yeah. All right, we have a Facebook. Uh, we have we have a Facebook page that no <laughs> one is on ever. But you really gotta you really gotta show up there at least to say hello. Yeah. Um, then I will too. Twitter at uh, mn the b at mn the b. Yeah, so, so the Facebook page is Michael and the Bear. Michael and the Bear. Facebook. Twitter, M and the B. Instagram. I don't think we we're have not one there yet. yet. But we'll, <laughs> we are, because we heard that's where all the kids hang out. So. All the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, do we have like a. Um, I don't, we have a Patreon I don't, page. We yeah, have, so it, yeah. it's all, it all gets, it all gets yeah, posted we're everywhere. Have Snapchat. So. And that. We don't have Snapchat. No, we no. don't have Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat does. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to interact, if you want us to talk about something, if you want to, you know, just say, "Hey, I'm alive in this world, and we appreciate what you do." Just say hi, you know, because we do this for you guys. Well, we do it for us. Just to, you know, we're egomaniacs, but we're doing we do it, it for, for you guys too. we're doing it for us so that we can do it for you. I mean, we're we're hoping that it, you yeah. know, eventually people start listening and. Or more, more people start listening. <laughs> more people start listening. <laughs> more people. I'm sorry that sorry, listener. Yeah. <laughs> we, did, we didn't. We didn't mean. We didn't mean to insinuate that you were. Sorry, all mom. Listening. Sorry, Danielle. <laughs> my, my two listeners. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. I'm Michael. I'm JJ. See you later, Michael and the Bear. Shh.